We are back with another episode of Black Girls Vibe. Andrea Ford. Hello, Michelle. So formal. How are you? <laughs> I know. I was like, that's, yeah. It just stood up, doesn't it? I know, right? I, you, you saw me. I was like triggered for a second. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's like, is this a parent or, or a teacher? Right? <laughs> Am I going to the principal's office? Oh, no principal's <laughs> office, friend. No principal's office. Have you been? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, good. just getting through the usual and rounding out the weekend. Um, but yeah, I can't complain. I can't I call can't. it, as they say. I can't call it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and hop into these these good topics. Obviously, the Olympics are going on, and we're going to get to that. But uh, first, let's, let's talk about um, prime time. Coach prime Coach time. Prime time. Yes, and we want to be clear to uh, respect him in that way. There was a I, I feel as though it was overblown. I'd, I'd love your reaction to it. But uh, for those who don't know, earlier in the week during, I guess, SWAC Media Day here in Birmingham, um, a reporter from the Clarion Ledger, which I think is based in Jackson, um, and, and this was uh, this was via Zoom, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, or this exchange may have been via Zoom. Um, asked um, Coach a question, but in doing so, called him Dion. And coach took exception to that and, and said uh, something to the effect of you would never get away with calling Nick Saban, Nick, you know, so, you know, please call me coach. Um, and uh, the story kind of took off from there, right? Like mm -hmm. it was a whole, Dion compares himself to Nick Saban and, you know, um, uh, there's a lot of interesting comments around it. Um, and Dion went on to, in a subsequent interview, explain, um, I, I think perhaps more, more with more detail and more artfully, why it was important for him to uh, put the reporter in check. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. But um, Coach Saban has since, because of course he was asked about it, has since indicated that he's pretty much fine being called anything and that, that, that type of thing does not matter to him. So there's a, there's a lot to explore there, but um, wanted to get your uh, perspective on this, you know, not only as a sports fan, but uh, well, I'll, I'll let you kind of share what that perspective is and, and your thoughts on this. Yeah. So, I mean, regardless of whether or not I, I understand why um, coach Saban was, was asked because that was the, the reference that mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that Coach Sanders made, right? Yes, so yes. yeah, then you would then take it and ask Nick, <laughs> <laughs> you know, his his thoughts on that. So I, I get that. To me, it is it's 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 preference. And if if Coach Sanders is saying I prefer Coach, don't call me Dion, don't call me Primetime, then just let's just respect what the what the man wants to be called and. And and the and the position that he is now holding, moving from player to you know football coach at Jackson State, and so you know for me it my my father um, is a former coach. He used to coach um, the in high school level mm -hmm. the varsity girls basketball team, and so he hasn't been in that coaching role. He's probably I think it was probably almost twenty years now since he's been retired. Um, but he he is still coach Ford. When people see him on the street, 
Mm-hmm. It's either Hey Coach, Hey Coach Ford. Um, I and my siblings will always and you know, will be Coach Ford's daughters. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like yeah. I have, that's the point of reference. Like I'm pretty sure I have a name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but growing up, I, you know, that's Coach Ford's daughter. Okay. Yep. Always a thing. So there are a few, and I, you know, I can't think right off like the individuals in his circle who may reference him by his first name. It is few. Mm -hmm. Um, The number is few. So I I get it. And I honestly, it'd be a good question to ask my dad if he has a preference. Um, And, you know, if he kind of have the same response that um, that Coach Saban has, it's, you know, I've been called everything. It, It doesn't matter. So I will ask him. Um, just kind of what his thoughts are around that. Um, and if it was kind of overblown or if anybody called him by his first name and, you know, during some kind of media event or, you know, newspaper, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's probably, I could count on one hand, the individuals who have referenced him, you know, by his first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It's it's just rare. Um, so I think there is that level of, I guess, you know, and like respect, like it's respecting the title. It's respecting what the individual is saying. I'd like for you to call me this. Um, so it, I think it really did just kind of get blown out for that reason. I didn't hear all of the press conference, um, but I don't, it's just like you don't have to win you know, however X number of of national titles to say, you know, call me coach. This is the role that I have on this football team. And whether I'm the head coach or assistant coach or position coach, if I say call me coach, call me coach. That's like end of story. I don't know. But those are just my (laughs) for me. Like you know, like it's real simple for me in that regard. Um but yeah, because my this is my little shameless plug here too. Because my father is a Jackson State alumni, I will and again having the coach role, I will ask him. Um, Please do. I yeah, mean, he's he's a coach and a tiger, so you know he's got those those dual identities. So please ask Coach Ford what his yeah. thoughts are on it and his perspective on it. Would love to hear it. Yeah, I, you know, I you you really hit the nail on the head as far as all the things you know. Uh, I've thought about it like. Whether his record is 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 twelve and zero, and he's won a national championship, or two or three or four or five or six or seven, or whether he's zero and twelve, and you know, his team watches playoff games from the house, he's right. a coach, right? And if he's asked you to call him a coach, then call him a coach because you know, like it's just a matter of respect. Uh, you know, I have a couple of other things to offer to this. I remember, like anecdotally. Uh, when I joined my, my the law firm that I practiced at uh, in 99, one of the senior attorneys in my group, Steve Brown, um, co- apparently coached, I guess, softball or base baseball for years. And so by the time I got to the firm, and I'm sure for some time well, prior to that, well, you know, well prior to that, he was known as coach. Right. Like that's what that's what I called him frequently, if not Steve. But typically it was coach. He never coached me a day in my life. But uh, because that was a, was not only like a title and a description, but it's all, it is a sign of respect. 
whether you're coaching a sport or, or, or a professional coach, like there's there's a deference in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of segues to the other point of um, for black coaches in particular who have a hard time getting jobs as coaches. Right. One might understand why once someone reaches that pinnacle at the collegiate or professional level, one might understand why they would insist upon being called by that title. Yeah. For a a coach of color in particular, it's a big deal. It is. It's a big deal. It absolutely is. Um, And so, yeah, you've worked hard to attain that um, position and that role. So, yeah, it's... I, I totally agree. It is a big yeah. deal because um, yeah. these opportunities for us don't come by <laughs> that that often. Um, it's not yeah. that many uh, head coaches of color. Uh, well, we we've been down that road. <laughs> we, we, we have been down that road. I will add before we move on. You know, I will add to that very point. There are very few coaches of color relative to the number of black like football players. If we're talking in the context, strictly of collegiate football players, 70% of teams or so are black. Uh, so former players really should theoretically make up your candidate pool for coaching jobs mm-hmm. because they've mm-hmm. played before. And yet that's not translating into head coaching positions at the collegiate level. Um, so yeah, it's a big deal that um, that Deion Sanders is a coach of a of a college team. Um, we have known him all like he's he's been prime, he's been Dion, he's been prime time, all these things. But now he's coach, right? Uh, and it's great that Coach Saban has ha, is indifferent about his title, uh, but Coach Sanders has made it clear he's not. And really, for me, that that's what it is for me, like. He, like, yeah, it's like the man by his title. Exactly. I'm going to call him by his title. Right. And he's, and he's not saying he's, he's Nick Saban. He's not saying call me coach because call me coach because Nick Saban gets called, is gets called coach. Um, that was just a, dist- I felt like the, the media got distracted by that part. If that was what you latched on to the Saban reference, then you missed the whole point of what he was saying. Right. And yeah. then that's exactly what got latched on to. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because it really shouldn't matter to your point earlier. It shouldn't matter if it's saving, you know, we're in the national championship every year or we can't make a bowl game and we haven't won a game, yeah. all, you know, in, in several seasons. If you have someone who's in that role and they say exactly what, what Coach Sanders said, then. then yeah, it, even the, the coach on the bad news bears was a coach. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It's just the media and just the distraction of it all. And if he would have used somebody else as a reference, I, I don't think it would have. Exactly. The, the story would have been, well, it wouldn't have been a story, but yeah, you know. you're right. Uh, so that's, that's our take on the, the coach dilemma. But I, again, let's circle back. I, I would be very interested in knowing what, uh, hearing what coach Ford uh, has to say on this. So we'll circle back uh, sometime later. Um, But the big thing that's going on for the next two weeks or so, the Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. Mm -hmm. And there's so much we could talk about on a, on a a day-to-day event meddling standpoint. 
just a, a quick few highlights. I know America started off a little bit slow on the meddling piece, but I think we've gotten a couple. I, it's hard to say today because we know today is tomorrow now. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we struggled out the gate, yeah. but we've gotten a few now. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the opening ceremony was pretty cool, I thought. Uh, so have you, have the Olympics always been something that you've been like, that you like watched, have had an interest in? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it, I'm not, I'll watch the opening ceremony. I'll watch the closing ceremony and depending on if it's summer or winter Olympics um, and the, you know, I'll pick certain sports or, you know, certain athletes um, in a particular sport if they're, they're trending or if it's somebody I want to watch, I'll follow that. But I'm not the, you know, two weeks dedicated watching everything and kind of channel surfing between all the different sports. Um, but yeah, I have my favorites. I'll, you know, for summer specific, I've um, mostly um, watched and followed track and field. Yeah. Um, swimming and gymnastics have been like a close second. Um, and then I'll kind of catch some of the other sports kind of sprinkled in, mm -hmm. but yeah, I can't think of, of a time that's gone by where I have not watched some part of the um, element. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 What about you? Same. Yeah. It's kind of much, it's much the same. Uh, like what I, you know, have historically, I'm like you, I watched the, the opening and closing ceremonies and there are certain sports that I'll try to keep my eye out on, um, you know, women's gymnastics, the swimming, um, which for some reason I've been like my time in front of the TV has been timed such that I've caught a lot of swimming just over the last day or so. Uh, some of the track and field stuff. Um, oddly enough, although I've, you know, I've had an interest in the basketball end, I can't say I've, wa I've historically watched a ton of the basketball games. So, you know, go figure. Yeah, probably not since the dream team and yes. then maybe a couple Olympics, you know, following the dream team. But mm -hmm. it's not been for me either, like the big draw um, in, in the Olympics is to watch men's or or women's for that matter. But right. just basketball right. in, in general during the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, a couple of, of things that have like come up uh, just in, on Twitter. Uh, I saw that Bomani has, well, he's been saying it uh, like on his podcast and on his, sh on like shows that he's on uh, ESPN. Um, he doesn't really think the Olympics are really for sports, like the, the average sports fan, like you and me, that it's for a, a broader or more general audience, uh, which is, you know, an interesting thought to me. I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it before he suggested it. Uh, and then I started thinking about my own like relationship with the Olympics and this discussion kind of underscores, I don't follow the Olympics the way I follow some elements of professional sports. Uh, and I don't know why that is. Yeah. You know, for me, it may be more, I, I can, I can agree to, to, to some of that to an extent. Um, I think for me, depending on where the Olympics is held, like it's more about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the cultural piece of it. So if it's yep. some, you know, just learning more, um, uh, you know, like Tokyo uh, 
and just learning more about the history and the culture of the specific location mm -hmm. brings some of that uh, interest for me. Um, so then it becomes you know, probably a balance of that than the actual events, which is why I think it's the opening and closing ceremonies are, are more they resonate. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you do get kind of like a strong sense of the culture of the host country mm -hmm. in both those ceremonies. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to your point um, and, uh, and to Barmani's point, I think the human it's it, the, the Olympics are more about the, the human interest, kind of the kind of the reality reality show elements to the extent that you might have drama occurring. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and the sports are a part of it, but they are not necessarily the focal point. Like it's almost like a series of like E60s on you know for me, like with sports with sports events sprinkled in. Right. No, that's and true. I, and I love me some E. I, uh, e <laughs> I could watch that all day, friend. <laughs> I know, but it's, it is true. Like you get the like they're in the opening ceremonies. You'll get you know, the parade of all the countries and the mm -hmm. athletes from the different countries and then getting some context um, to like, you know, different athletes in some of those countries, if there's only two or whatever the, the number is and just getting some backstory to that. You're right. It is like almost like an, an E60. <laughs> Love it. Which then, depending on who you pick up on in the opening, you may hear more about them depending on their exactly. sport. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you like you you attach yourself to these, you know, to the you know, the person whose story might have really resonated with you. For example, uh, yesterday I was watching some of the swimming stuff and there was a little feature on an American swimmer, little little field who uh, his, his, the, 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 the special interest for him is that he's like, um, his mom is Japanese mm -hmm. uh, and he has family in Japan who would have been attending if it weren't for the COVID protocols. So like bringing that perspective of an American swimmer who's uh, you know half Japanese just had this interesting component to it. So now, like when I see his name, I'm like, okay, I'm following him a little bit now yeah. in a way I wouldn't have even known to do if it hadn't been for the E60 element of it all. <laughs> I, lo I love that. I'm, I'm going to make a note of it. <laughs> well, this is the E60 segment. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure how NBC feels about the reference to uh, like an ABC Disney well. ESPN, ESPN product, yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely giving that vibe. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. <laughs> another um, element of the of the Olympics that's I know of of, in of interest to me, particularly this year, is like the African American relationship with the Olympics generally, mm -hmm. and. Particularly in these times with this Olympics, with everything that's that's gone on since like the last Olympics and how that's informed how we've brought ourselves to this moment. Um, I'm at a point where I feel like I've, you know, that I feel as though there is a political component to the Olympics that I think this particular cycle will make it like undeniably clear, like we can't acknowledge the political element to the Olympics. Hmm. Um, I know folks, folks as uh, sports as a means of escape is uh, 
what you often hear from people, like I watch sports so that I can get away from whatever's going on in the world. Right. right. Uh, but we've seen too many instances of uh, the world pervading sports in a way uh, that, you know, you can't, like it's a pink elephant in the room. Why not, why not acknowledge it? We've had countries boycott Olympics over political issues. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. it's not just, you know, what um, individual athletes have done. It's what whole countries have done, you know, mm -hmm. especially in our early childhood with in the eight in, in 1980, uh, Russia boycotted. No, no, no. We boycotted. We didn't attend the Olympics in Russia. And then in turn, when we hosted in LA in 84, USSR didn't participate. Like that's right. just what it was. And it was all political. Yep. Um, and so we should, we should expect politics to, con to, to continue to inform the Olympics. Uh, and I think that we should, you know, I think if anything, what we've seen uh, is that the, this, the disparate treatment continues with regard to black athletes. Did you happen to see the article about the fencing controversy? The fencing no. team controversy? No, I haven't. What's, what's going on there? There's an American fencer, uh, the name is not on the tip of my tongue, uh, who has multiple allegations of sexual assault against him. Uh, and the team, and they have come up the, 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 I don't know if it's the USOC or the, 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 you know, USA fencing came up with a protocol specifically for him, this alleged sexual predator. He's not staying with the team. Okay. They have him in a hotel away from everybody else, monitoring him out of concern that he will go out and do sexually predatory things. Um, he, uh, he appealed to, to stay with the team at which point the entire team wrote a letter saying, please don't allow him to stay with us. Okay. Meanwhile, Shakari's at the house. Okay. Let me make sure I follow. <laughs> sure. So he, he's still there, but separated. So instead of saying, no, sir you must come home, be suspended, whatever the case may be during this time, but you cannot participate. They just chose to separate him or isolate him from the rest of the team, but you can still participate in your event and be a part of the team. That's right. He's there to participate. He's just not housed with the rest of the team because of these clearly very serious allegations of sexual harassment. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, you know, I, and, and I mentioned Shakari and I don't mean to be dismissive of like, of, of you know, or, or uh, downplay the, the significance of the, the violation that led to her not being able to participate, but there, there does seem to be something like if she's home it feels like he shouldn't be there, especially given the fact that the team doesn't seem keen on having him around. Right, because that to me speaks volume. So yeah, she clearly violated a policy. She's facing a suspension, was open to that. 
wasn't selected to participate in the one event that she could with the team. So, okay. And I get, these are still allegations. Yes, yes. But if my team is saying collectively, we don't feel comfortable with him being here. It's interesting that the decision was just to isolate him. So he's not less of a threat. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm pausing for just a second because I'm trying to pull, I want to pull up if I can, the, the specific article that outlines all of this. Yes. Yeah, no, that's, um, yes. Um, this is just the 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 a little verbiage that follows the headline. The the headline is protected again and again. How a fencer made it to the Tokyo Olympics despite sexual assault allegations. And the little blur behind it says the U.S. Center for Safe Sport was tasked with investigating sexual abuse claims at Olympic programs, but in the first summer game since the agency's creation. Team USA fencers say the system failed them. Um, six women fencers, including two Olympic athletes, wrote to, to the Olympic Committee that Hadzik should not be allowed to represent the U.S. because he was under investigation for at least three accusations of sexual misconduct reported to the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, the nonprofit agency responsible for protecting athletes from abuse. Um, yeah. Hmm. Um, he flew on a separate plane from his teammates. They didn't even rock on the same plane. Uh, he won't be allowed to practice alongside women teammates. Okay. Yeah, like that's how. So there, you know, there's that juxtaposed to folks like uh, Shakari, uh, the Namibian uh, athletes who were prohibited due to their testosterone, you know, specific testosterone level being out of whack, um, according to the anti-doping agency. So it just, it always seems as though exceptions get made for some, but not for all. Mm -hmm. yeah. there's, there, there's just a carve out that seems to be viable and available. And, you know, that's part of what complicates the relationship, I think, for me as an African-American, just I'm just speaking personally now, not even with regard to athletes, just for me as an African-American, that's where the Olympics get really kind of wonky for me. And I just don't know where to place them. Mm -hmm. um, no, I mean, that that makes sense. And there there have been so many, well, so many stories you know, specifically this Olympics with, you know, Simone Biles and her scoring because she's doing all these unbelievable things that no one else has done. She's the most decorated, but then she gets penalized because she's just that good. She's just so good that they don't want, but in the, in the, in the move she's, she's executing or so execute or so um, difficult and dangerous. Right that ostensibly they're trying to discourage others from, by not scoring it correctly, they're incentivizing others not to try it. I right. think I'm putting that correctly. I think so, yeah. 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 It's, so that, it's, the, the swim caps. The swim caps, yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a fraught relationship at, at times. Like there's that, there's that wanting to represent your country and then you know, uh, there's the, the general sense of like 
what racism looks like in this country generally. And then there's the real drilled down specificity around how racism is experienced as an Olympic athlete, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so all that having been said, I commend, I commend athletes of color uh, from this country in particular for being all in uh, because yeah. these examples provide a lot of reasons why it could be easy to say, you know what? So much respect to them for their commitment to participating on behalf of our, our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want, and I don't want anything I'm saying to suggest that it's not a huge honor to play for your, your country, whatever your country is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, and I think some of, of that goes back to the whole, it's not for, you know, the, why we talked about, we, we watch it. I, I think that's something too. It's just to support those who want to participate and yes. represent their respective countries. It's, you know, something that comes yeah, around yeah. every four years and something you have to be at, at that level to qualify and to participate. And so it is an honor. Um, Absolutely. I don't think anything that we've said takes away from that, but that to me is, I think, another reason why why we both kind of tune in. It's not just a, you know, I'm going to watch, I, I don't want to name the event because I don't want to offend. Sure. Okay. All right. A non-traditional event that I I'm, typically wouldn't. <laughs> you have so much diplomacy, friend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's fair. Well, well, so we'll just say fencing. So I wouldn't typically watch, you know, like I'm not, I don't understand fencing. I'm not a fencer. Mm-hmm. Um but I do recognize that there are athletes who are representing their country in fencing. And so I, you know, I think there is part of that to say, I'm going to support those who are representing their respective country in a sporting event. Yeah. But yeah, it's just outside of, outside of the box. So, but anyway. And with everything I've said, I'm watching the Olympics, right? Like, let me be clear. I'm I'm supporting, I'm supporting, you know, all of our athletes and I, I am especially supporting our athletes of color. Exactly. Uh, because again, it is an honor. Uh, and they are there, they're all there under the least of ideal conditions, which, you know, frankly, if we had more time, we could ha- we could go down the rabbit hole of having the Olympics uh, during a Delta variant surge. I mean, that, that's a separate conversation, but all the more reason to commend these athletes for making like all kinds of sacrifices, all kinds of sacrifices to be there, especially to be participating this in this cycle. Yep. Yeah. Any other thoughts around the Olympics? We got, I think we go, they go through the, um, the eighth. So, you know, we're just at the, we're at the front end of this thing. Um, It looks like uh, USA basketball took an L today. So we'll see where they, you know, if this is a repeat of, of the uh, 2014, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I say at this point, yeah, watching watching basketball in the Olympics is just not, it's just not what I'm interested in doing. But I'm yeah. not surprised. I mean, I don't think you are I'm not. Either. I'm not surprised either. It, you know, and I think, you know, Bomani, on this specific point around basket, like, USA basketball, Olympic basketball, and like NBA basketball, he's like, the best basketball games of the year are the NBA finals. So, you're, you know, you're not going to see a pinnacle higher than that. 
Right. Uh, if you're if you're an if you're an NBA fan. And so in that sense, the the the, the Olympic basketball model isn't quite as appealing because it's a different type of ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 part of the challenge in watching, in, in, you know, watching the things I, I do want to watch, frankly, is the time difference one yeah. and, and, you know, tw- and, and related to that, the Twitter, you know, s- spoiling that can occur. Uh, and that, you know, NBC isn't just showing entire competitions from what I can tell. Um, it sounds as though if you have a subscription to Peacock, you're set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so, you know, I'm relegated to what's on NBC <laughs> and USA Network. And I guess, is there an NBC, NBC Sports? Yes. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it's not on one of those three, I'm not, Michelle wasn't meant to see it. Oh, you just kind of get whatever they, and then it's like, well, when, when did this event take place? <laughs> Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like the, the gymnastic stuff that we are learning about that we've, you know, learned about. Oh no, no, no. It was this, the women's soccer match mm-hmm. happened in the middle of the night for us Saturday was in the in the middle of the night, Friday night. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like you a- wake up Saturday and what you're watching is stuff that is going on there in real time, I think. But then what you're watching Saturday night is the the replay of what happened when you moment. were asleep. Right. <laughs> It's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> so I haven't even bothered to look at a schedule because I don't know that it will mean anything to me. Uh, so, no, I, I'm figure like you, I'll just catch what I can. If there's something specific that I want to see, maybe I'll try and figure out, you know, who and, and when and, and what time is this actually happening? I've seen quite a bit of rowing just based on so mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just based on when I happen to sit down and, and you know, actually watch. Rowing has been on, um, which has been interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Olympics, perhaps to Bomani's point, the Olympics is one of those things that anybody can just put on and, and if they want to get engaged in some way. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you, if, 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 if you like American football, you <laughs> like, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not rather, if you're not passionate about American football, you're not just going to put it on and have it on, right? More than likely. But yeah, man, that's the Olympics, and good luck to all the athletes, and good luck to the to uh, Team USA generally. Bring home the gold, bring home the medals, because that's a part. That's a part of the political thing too, right? Who gets, to claim, who gets to claim the most medals? Like, let's right. not act like that's not. There wouldn't be medal tracking if it weren't important to, to right. From like almost a geopolitical standpoint, you wouldn't have President Biden and Dr. Jill there if <laughs> these things matter. They do, right? And we always try and well, each country does, but you know, specifically since we live in the USA and come back, what, what's the medal count? That's the rundown, and and what we're trending in in each of the respective events. Absolutely, yeah. Well, unless there's anything else, that's going to do it for us, folks, for this episode. 
we are going to go on hiatus for a couple of weeks. Um, we are about to get into the dog days of August. Uh, we're just going to use that little downtime to take a little break, get a little reset going. But we are looking forward to seeing you guys again in September. Uh, and uh, with all the more to talk about, we'll be we'll be college footballing, we'll be NFLing. There'll be there'll be tons to to talk about. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys then. Um, in the meantime, check us out on our Facebook page. That's where all the fun happens. Black Girls Vibe Tribe. Uh, go on and follow us there, and we'd love to have you. Andrea, anything else before we check out of here? No, I think we're good. I'll report back once I talk to, to the coach. Please let us know what Coach Ford says. <laughs> I will. <laughs> all right, then. All right, guys. Peace out and take care. <laughs>